Hold on my head. Workman's comp. Call the meeting to order, please. Uh, this is the Planning Committee Commission meeting of uh, March 15, 2022. Uh, Madam Secretary, would you call the roll? Mayor Whitfield? Here. Dave Armstrong? Here. Kevin Barr? Here. Craig Corneliuson? Here. Tracy Sullivan? Here. Beth Aker? Here. Christian Ryman? Please stand. We'll have the invocation and flag the uh, Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Beth? Yes. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be here this evening to do the city's uh, work. Lord, we just pray that everything that we do, that positive impact that we hold dear. Otherwise, we move forward through this meeting. Lord, we just pray for blessings upon them, that uh, you would be mindful of all these things we pray in Christ's name. to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Oh, Rodney's coming. Is it Rodney? Rodney, if you'll come, please, and I think Rodney has a presentation for us. I'm sorry? Minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. So I would entertain a motion to accept the minutes as presented to us. We have them here. make a motion that we accept the minutes as written have a for, motion for the Planning Commission and City Council joint workshop and then the Planning Commission of February 15th second. a motion and second all in favor play uh, say aye please aye, aye. <clears throat> motion carries thank you Audrey uh, and Beth thank you mayor mr. Rodney good evening Planning Commission members Rod Corvo senior planner Tonight before you, you have a, a quintessential urban infill development. This is approximately a five-acre parcel. Next, yeah, please. Uh, project located just north of County Road 54, which is at the bottom of your screen. Wire Road is approximately in the middle of your screen, and then the subject uh, property is the outline in red. You'll notice that the driftwood subdivision is immediately to the west and then to the south and to the east, a mixture of RV and mobile home parks. Further south is some commercial and then to the north is some vacant land. This is an enclave, so this will satisfy bringing in 
some more county property into the city to help alleviate those kind of Swiss cheese looking uh, maps that we have where our, our property boundaries are kind of all over the place. Next, um, please, thank you. The existing zoning in the county right now is agricultural residential and the proposed zoning is a higher density R4. And as you see on the little snippet, as I described in uh, the previous slide, the driftwood is to the west, and that's a higher density villa uh, development that's fairly new. And then the browns that are in the south and to the east, the striped browns and solid browns are a mixture of RV parks, mobile homes, and when you looked at that uh, overview, that was probably one of the things you noticed was that it was really dense in that area. So that's why staff feels R4 would be appropriate in this area. Uh, and then I forgot the C2, the community uh, commercial is a little bit further south along uh, County Road 54. Thanks. For the future land use, the County Res 6 is the uh, existing land use and the proposed would be residential urban in the city. And on our map, which is on the next one, as you can see, the orange color is, again, that mobile home recreational vehicle area. Further uh, to the south and the southwest is the mixed use. And then immediately across the street from Wire Road is that yellow color, which is the higher density urban residential, excuse me, residential urban, mix that. And then a little bit further to the north is the more residential suburban. That's where it kind of gets a little lower density. Thanks, Audrey. Currently, uh, the planning department has begun the initial coordination with Pasco County. They do not have comments at this time. We've also submitted, and the applicant is working with Pasco County Schools to determine the impacts on the school. Police, fire, sanitation as within the service capabilities. The transportation impact, I know we've talked a lot about this, the transportation impact on this because it's a smaller scale five acre which is proposed ultimately when this gets developed it would have no more than approximately 50-55 townhomes, okay, which is what the applicant is looking at developing. Uh, so that, that's de minimis, which would be uh, under or approximately 382 trips. Remember that the LDC indicates that 1,200 trips or less would be a de minimis impact. Wastewater is within the existing service capabilities. And then the last bullet point, which is water discussion is ongoing. Here's the important thing to remember, though, is that water lines and wastewater lines are along wire road. So when we look at projects and we look at good infill development, this isn't out in the hinterland. It's already serviced by the, the public services, okay? So in closing, this is good infill development. The water lines are in the area. Uh, it fills the county uh, enclave. And it satisfies an essential housing need. And then in closing, finally, we do have those water issues. And I do want to remind you that whether or not this project were to be developed in the city or the county, 
we would still service it because it's in our urban service area for the water services. Okay? What does that mean? That means we have an agreement that the city services water that's outside of the city limits if it's in our urban service area. And the, the, the ratepayers actually pay a premium to hook up to the city water. So when this gets developed, again, whether it's in the city or county, we'll service it. It's okay. As far as you're, you're asking, like, what the ongoing tabulation is, that running total? We have enough, we have enough water for X amount of homes. Okay? Right. And we go ahead and we don't develop those homes, but the, the county develops homes and we're using our water, city water, is that county Well, here's the thing is that typically, like, this enclave, because it's in our service area, it really is required to come into the city to get developed. So I think what you're talking about is if you've got something that's in our urban service area that's a little bit further out. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Do you? I, I think we'd have to contact John Bostic uh, to determine that. It's not anything we need to go on the Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're... Going back and forth with all this. Yeah. I had planned to update you a little bit about some of the discussions we had last night with the City Council on water, um, but certainly... Uh, yeah, we're going to have to make some decisions because we currently have city boundary limits. We have a joint planning area with a, also a utility service area boundary where we provide services to, and that's agreed to between the city and Pasco County. Uh, moving forward, depending on the, the amount of challenge we have with water availability, becoming a very restricted resource, especially in the uh, basin, that, the protected basin that we're in. We might have to revisit the, those discussions, those decisions that are made about where we provide water. We, we may go to a point where in the future we're providing water only to city, you know, within the city's uh, boundary limits. Uh, but, you know, it, it's premature. We don't know that. Uh, meetings are, are, are ongoing with our utility consultants. Uh, we met today. We're going to, they're scheduling a meeting with Swift Mud. We're, we're updating them on, on the, not only the development uh, that have gone through the entitlement process, but other uh, interested uh, property owners, developers, builders that are inquiring about potential development, both in the city, in the JPA, and outside the joint planning area. So some is very conceptual. So with all the development interests that we're having, we're we're, we're going to have to take a strong look at the water. And uh, 
figure figure that out for the long term. So we're in the works of doing that. Friday, what does Thanks, it mean? Doc. Satisfies housing need. What need is it that it's satisfying? Okay. Well, typically these will be. It, it's envisioned by the developer, and correct me if I'm wrong, but these are these will be a townhome project. So they're going to be basically single family attached, which would be fee simple. So these are not rentals. This would be similar to what's being built across from the police station on 8th Street. I don't know if you've been by there or no. Or how about the townhomes that are on 7th? Street right down the street across from across from Wales? us okay yes right yes, yes, yes. okay so it's yes. envisioned okay. to be something similar to that so that it's naturally and I don't want to get into pricing because the market's completely disrupted so but typically in a housing market a single-family detached is more expensive than a single-family attached which would be townhomes another great selling point on this is that it's in close proximity to the high school Okay, so this is going to be great for growing families to be able to get their kids off to the high school and middle school easier. So that's what I meant by uh, satisfying a housing need. And how many homes? Uh, approximately 55. 55 families? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right, it's approximately the same. This is about 11 dwelling units per acre, and the driftwoods around that same, those are villas. So those are one stories, attached single family homes. These will be two story attached. Is there an age restriction? Because driftwood no, is. No, okay. not to my knowledge. Uh, an age restriction. Yeah. And, There is some preliminary information that was submitted a site plan. It's uh, generally not the re review uh, for the, the planning board, but we do have it. I can get it for you after if you'd like. It's a basic uh, bubble plan at this point. Yeah. Uh, I did forget that because uh, the county is potentially expanding wire road, the applicant will be required uh, to get a, a right away use permit and potentially uh, expand the right away there okay turn lanes in particular for this right I what if what did we have so far for that Scott yeah. okay Sorry, it doesn't. Yeah, let me go ahead and uh, Scott, would you like to come up here and answer these specifics? Sorry. Thank you. Yes, sir, if you'll state your name and address, please, for the record. Yes, sir. Scott Standard, 21764, State Road 54, Land O'Lakes. Uh, I'm with Commercial Site Solutions. We are the civil engineers for the owners of the property, and I'm also the applicant on behalf of the owner of the property. Um, just a few things. Rodney's covered it very well. Uh, again, 4.92 acres currently in Pasco County. We feel one of the keys when we met with staff is that we are surrounded by properties that are already within the city limits. So this is, he used the term enclave. This is just kind of an outlier that I guess never got annexed in at some time. It is served by city water, city sewer, and it just makes sense to bring it in 
expand the city's tax base a little bit. And then we get to, we're developing, we hope, some townhomes that are going to range from anywhere from one to three bedroom gives you a pretty broad spectrum for entry level home buyers all the way up to something maybe with a couple of kids. Uh, we touched a little bit, he did on the schools with Pasco County. We've calculated with the county, we're talking about 10 students on average. That's a, a little formula that the county gives us that we use. Breaks down by elementary, you know, middle school and high school, but approximately 10. That's based on 55 units if that's where we end up. Um, you, you touched a little bit on turn lanes. Uh, as he noted in the presentation, the overall number of trips is about 300 and some odd. It's considered a de minimis impact based on the traffic that's out there already. Um, PM and, and AM peak hour, that's the ones that we tend to look at as engineers because that's the most trips you're going to get in one single hour. Uh, you're looking at 27 in the morning on the peak and 35 in the afternoon on the peak. What I was saying about whether it trips it, um, that's the term. I'm sorry if that's something that you're not familiar with. It's just language that oh, we I didn't use every hear day. You. So, yeah, no, you're um, that's, that's the term the DOT typically will use or Pasco County Transportation will use where they set a level. And if you have X number of PM or, or AM trips, uh, usually it's around 90 per day, that triggers turn lane improvements that you were asking about. That, that means that you need to get those trips out of the road so they can make the turn without blocking the traffic. This number of trips with, with the 55 units doesn't rise to that level if that was the But if you question. have 55 units, and I'm assuming mm -hmm. there'll be two adults living there, possibly two adults. Possibly. I mean, it's it could be. It's not. But only ten children. Ten students. Ten students. Children. Okay. And then you have okay, so you have fifty-five units, so possibly two adults, or maybe one adult. Even if you had one adult that had to go to work mm -hmm. every day, that would at least be fifty-five trips in the. It, no, it's it's the peak hour trip. So you have peak a peak hour. Oh yeah, that's on. Yeah. You have a total of three hundred some odd trips per day. That's the total, just to yeah, spread yeah. out over the uh -huh. course of, you know, basically so 16. I mean, okay. you could do 24 hours, but it's really about 16 hours. Okay. But that's the total spread out over the course of the day. The PM peak and the AM peak, what I'm referring to, that's the maximum number of trips in any given hour during the day. Okay. You follow what I'm saying? So that's where those numbers come from. Okay. I can probably allay some fears as well, because during discussions with the city council, they've instructed staff to look at projects on an individual basis to determine the this turn lane issues, okay? So we are looking into that from a code perspective and we'll look at it on an individual as well because this is a, a hot topic yeah. in our in our community. And it's, it's a good point too. Rodney and I were talking before the meeting. You guys are going to see this again if it moves forward because it'll come before SPRC as it goes through the actual technical design. Um, and so whatever's in code that's required is going to be done. You also mentioned right away, possible right-of-way dedication. Pasco County has that program in place. This would be a part of that. So if, even if if new turn lanes are not built, right away gets dedicated to allow for those those lanes to get built at a later date if they're needed. Um, and then finally, I'll close just some um, kind of some house cleaning things with the design. If it goes through and, and keeps moving forward, uh, it's a it's a nice infill. It's not a max. The, the maximum allowable density is actually a good bit higher than what's being proposed. So we feel it's a good happy medium where you can get a number of homes in there where the development works, but we can also retain space for open space park, which is part of the, code, the city's code now. Um, we have a lot of walkway trails that we're trying to propose to go in there. So we feel it'll be a nice fit in that, in that small piece to fill that particular void that's uh, sitting in the county right now. Uh, and then we touched just now, but it's one to three bedroom townhomes, two stories. 
one car garages so you'll have one car in the garage if they have two if there's two parents then you know there'd be a possible car parked in the parking spaces that we would designate in front of those townhomes so with that I'm happy to answer any additional questions you may have can you put the map back up You're going to front on on wire road is that correct that's correct sir okay we've had some discussions about a couple of these other uh, developments that are going on uh, with the idea of having a and I didn't get clear about how many children or what what the situation is with children in there um, well obviously we don't know how many will live there ultimately but in terms of school impact is what I was referring I heard you to. say something about 10 children I what that's the anticipated school impact okay um, but my question is uh, Something that might that we've been talking about with these other developments is to have a, a school bus pull-off area at the front of the entrance. You know, a wide area where they can pull off, they can unload the children, they can load the children. We have the it, room. Yeah. It does not interfere with the traffic flow that way. The traffic can keep flowing. Um, so it's just a thought. Um, I don't know if you've given it any thought, but it, it actually will. works well with what we're thinking. The, the lowest end of the side is actually the side that that faces Wire Road, and then the property rises as it gets away from the road. So the development of the homes actually is, sits back from the road, and the green space will be up front by Wire Road. So if if we need to have a pull-off space for the bus, we'll I'm like that would be nice. Think so we do because it's seven o'clock in yeah. the morning. You're yep. going to get all that traffic mm -hmm. because of the buses in mm -hmm. front of the high school, and I think if it's affordable housing, I think that there's a good possibility that you would have more than 10 students it's a good point yeah we Maybe. can certainly accommodate it yeah that's that's a big hot button for me is that entire section there mm -hmm. there's people that are on their scooters uh, seniors on their scooters up and down I, I preach and preach and preach about sidewalks on that area um, all the time and to add more housing in that area with the possibility of kids until their sidewalks I just can't do it yeah the sidewalks I think are actually required by code now so we're we would build the sidewalks. I know that in our planning com or in our City Council meeting the other day they discussed sidewalks mm -hmm. and the improvements that's going to be coming and that's great but we don't know where those are and that that's just a death trap right there from well, the from Daughtry Road to 54 it's right. just like a death trap why there's not a decent crosswalk there at that but yeah. because it's a county road you know and it's at the high school it's just at the high school that's coming, correct. yeah that's part of but it's you know there's so many kids running and that sidewalk's coming on the on the east side by the, uh, by the or the west side yeah we we actually had a presentation by council i've been working with aecom in pasco county we got pasco county to pay for a study for that high priority of continuance of a trail multi-purpose trail on wire road the, yeah the west side as you know from Purdy Pond, we have existing trail, and it actually goes north uh, uh, Purdy Pond, uh, not on the corner, but through the Abbott Park development, of course, if you've seen that on the west side. But then it comes down uh, past the you know three-story apartments, and Duke uh, is going to be finishing up that project and continuing the trail south, and then we're working with Duke on the south, uh, south side of Daughtry to continue the trail there. However, as we get closer to County Road 54 there are some constraints some obstacles there 
with very limited right away so we're going to have to get creative uh, perhaps get some easements so I've asked the, the county right away department to actually do some surveys for us on those conflict point areas and see what we're actually dealing with and how, how we can figure out how to make that connection because it is a high priority in the interim though we're going to run a sidewalk down dairy road uh, maybe do a crosswalk, a sig uh, signalized crosswalk at Dairy Road because you can't get the sidewalk all the way to uh, Dairy Road on Daughtry because of the Advent workout place there. It, uh, got a retainage wall that comes all the way up to almost the road there. So we're going to jump across the street with a signalized crosswalk and then continue the sidewalk on south side of Daughtry to connect to Dairy. And then on Dairy Road, we already have the trail. But with the County Road 54 improvements, we're going to do another mid-block signalized crosswalk at, at Dairy Road and County Road 54 to get the kids across uh, to the high school there where there's a new multi-purpose trail that, that's about to get started with that project along the high school. So we, we got some connectivity there in the interim while we work on the long term with wire. Isn't that sidewalk or that trail going to be on the west side of west Wire side, Road? That is correct. So if they're on the east side of Wire Road and then you cut right there in front of Sleepy Hollow, there's still no walkway for those kids. There's still no walking area for them on that side yeah, of the road. Yeah, so at that point, maybe, maybe a consideration we could talk with the county about doing one of those mid block signalized crosswalks like we're doing a couple of those places mentioned as a possibility. All the through time. There, all through there. And I'm just, you know, thanks. Yeah, we're working on wire road. One, one other thing. Thank I, you, sir, for your presentation. I appreciate yes, it. Thank you. Okay, Rodney. Uh, one other thing I, I'd like to mention, in, in looking at that map, you can tell that there's a lot of density in, in the area. And we discussed this with the application or the applicant at the, the pre-application. And we know that you all have concerns with screening and buffering, and so doesn't the city council. And they've, uh, the applicant has um, committed to putting a, a nice screening and buffering area on the adjacent properties to allay any fears that you may have on, you know, two-story buildings overlooking many of those trailers and RVs, okay? Okay. Oh, do we have anyone sign? Sign up sheets come up in order. I'll put the same. I can't quite hear you. Are you saying that? The yeah, if you if you want to come up and, and speak, that's fine. Just make sure that um, you fill out the sign in sheet um, before you leave. Sure, I'll get you one. Okay, okay. Um, my name is Diane Donnelly, I'm the vice president of the Driftwood Homeowners Association and we abut wire road and we have a white fence there and we've been concerned over the past about water coming down wire road and um, running into our um, our pond and we had a sinkhole there last year that we spent sixty thousand dollars filling in so we have some concern about no, I'm just going to start with my concerns. Um, the 
path being on Wire Road on the west, there's not much room there between our fence and the road. So, you know, maybe 20 feet. And there's a ditch there. So that's one concern. Um, the issue of a, it's unclear to me where the entrance to this development might be because I can't quite figure out from that map where Driftwood Drive is. So, you know, is it going to be right across from, I don't think it's going to be right across from Driftwood Drive, but it would be useful to know how far away it was. And I offer that although this is only 382 additional trips, not shy of 400, but um, that the additional people who are traveling on Wire Road from the development that's on the other side of, is it Dairy Road, the brand new development? They're, um, Pretty Pond. Pardon me? Pretty Pond. Pretty Pond, thank you. On, uh, there's a huge addition of traffic on Wire Road, and they've uh, been busily shifting from stop signs to stoplights. They don't, I don't think we're quite at a stoplight yet, but we're getting close. Um, so there's quite a bit of additional traffic on Wire Road than there has been in the past. Um, and I'm, I don't understand the future, which is now R6 and going to be um, city, residential, urban. I don't understand future, which future. And so I'm just uh, confused about that designation. Um, it, it obviously doesn't apply to this property. Right. If you, if, when you're finished with all your questions, I can. Okay, okay. Uh, and and I, I immediately, when I saw that there was going to, that, that if it's less than 1,200 trips, you don't need a turn lane, I was immediately concerned about that because of the people in Driftwood, it's an over 55 community, as you all know, um, that a turn lane into this new community would be a really good idea. Even though it's theoretically de minimis, there's a lot more traffic there than there was in the past. And 10 students seems low to me. I am from Fairfax County, Virginia, but I've moved down here and 10 students for 55 houses seems low. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, the commission would like me to answer those yeah. questions. Yes, Go ahead. Please. Go ahead. I'll start with uh, some of the last one, which the Pasco County School Board, we get our information after we transmit to them. They have a calculation and I can't comment any further. They have a, a some type of calculation that they base upon what the uh, anticipated number of people in the units. Uh, so we can certainly uh, flesh that out more with them, and I can uh, give that back to you. But that we have to go by the data that they hand us on that one. Okay. Um, on the de minimis, uh, that's we're kind of strapped by the code. That's what the code specifies for de minimis. As I said, though. A couple minutes ago, the the um, 
council has tasked staff with reviewing that section of the code and also working on a one-on-one -on -one basis in the meantime with the applicants in a reasonable manner to satisfy those concerns. Uh, and that would include uh, for your turn lanes as well, okay? Is it county road? Yes. Correct, yeah. So ultimately it would depend on what the county says anyway, it's their road. Right, right. But we certainly advocate, go to the county and advocate advocate for what our requirements would be in our request. Okay. Arnie, can I, so when you're talking about this one, you're saying uh, um, maybe 382 trips, but then that's added to the other people that have now moved into Pretty Pond and then the other housing development that has been approved there on Pretty Pond. So it's not just isolated to this particular project, but it's, um, adding continually so if if each project yeah is falls under that 1200 or whatever that number they deem that number to be if you continually add those you're well above what that traffic study should be what those numbers are you are correct and that's and it's a flaw in, in that analysis is that you do have it's like a piecemeal approach to it um, we're going through a lot of disruption right now you know, in years past, we may only have had a couple projects like this in a year. Right now, we're seeing just a wave of development. Every other meeting. And so that's why the county, excuse me, the, the uh, city council has tasked staff to review all of these things that we feel are almost at this point now outdated for the world we're living in, in this post-COVID world, where we have airplane fulls of people coming to Florida every day. We're scratching our heads, where do we put these people? We've got people living in hotels, we've got people living in cars, and we're trying to do our best to um, understand those realities, adapt to the realities, and then set the right regulations as well. So those are good points. And then finally, for just a quick uh, planning 101 lesson, is your land use is generally um, your general area. So we have residential, urban, or we have general commercial or uh, residential. And then your zoning, you get into more specifics. Like with zoning, you can have five units per acre or 20 units per acre. So it's a more defined uh, section. And, and that's what we go with developing. When we look at developing that parcel, we're going to look at the zoning, sit down, and that's what we'll go by is the actual zoning. But of course, we make sure that it's in compliance with the underlying land usage. Okay? Okay. Did I answer all your questions? It's a PUD, so that's a planned unit development. Yeah. What level of service wire road is that right now? I don't know that off the top of my head. Do you know that, Tom? Yeah. We can we can get no, the answer. I wouldn't even think it's close it's to failing. Plan for four lane. It, it's on the long range transportation plan. I don't know when that'll happen. It'll probably be sometime. There's no immediate plans, but it, we did get it on the long range transportation plan for that in the future down the road when it's justified to, to get that four lane. It's definitely not a deep road. Right? It's not, no, yeah, not to my recollection. Well, again, that's just the general term. Like it's it, their future. Parcel. 
Well, all of the parcels in the, in the city have an assignment of a land use. If you're getting hung up on future, just it's a land use, which is the general term. We're going to say this land use over here is residential. This over here is commercial. And then within this residential, we're going to have multifamily. We're going to have single family. And then over here in the commercial, we're going to have high intensity or more like low intensity offices. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Please just state your name for the record, your address. My name is Kim Barker. I live at 14232 17th Street in Dade City. I'm appearing as proxy for my grandmother, who is Helen Harris, that lives at 6734 Wire Road. Um, her property is, uh, shares the northern boundary of this subject parcel, and she's been there for over 50 years. Um, she watched, you know, all of Driftwood get built and uh, she understands, you know, the, the nature of the market. Um, she is not opposed to this development. Uh, she understands that it's going to be developed and it probably will be a higher density than what's there now. Um, but she did want to, me to express some concerns and I don't know that this is the meeting that I should be doing it or maybe at the public hearing I understand there's a few that's going to happen. But um, traffic, which has already been discussed. Um, children getting on and off the school bus because she sits on her front porch and watches that happen at Venus Avenue across the way now um, and already has concerns about the amount of traffic that affects those kids that are getting on and off. So I guess infrastructure, you know, right there is a concern. But um, she, she really wants to know that there is going to be proper boundary or screening so that she, you know, is not looking at the backside of a bunch of townhomes. So th those, those are her concerns. I don't know that this is the meeting where those decisions are made. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Thank you. If, if I may, on uh, the more I hear it, the more I'm liking it about the idea. Because with the bus pull-off, it would not only serve these guys, it could serve some of the other folks in the area, too, with the kids, give them a safe place to wait for the bus to come and, and pick them up. So that's a great idea. Um, but in terms of the buffering with the, with the neighbor in her particular case to the north, that was actually the very first thing that was brought up with staff as we first started talking about this idea. Uh, and, and the developer, the, the owners of the property are committed. We're actually going to do a little more over and above, if you will, in terms of that, because it, it creates a development that, that we think is going to be you know, better for the people to come in to buy a home because it's going to be screened. But it also lessens the impacts to the people that are next door to us. So it's not just minimal buffer, you know, five, ten feet with a few trees and some shrubs thrown in. It's going to be more substantial than that um, for, for both parties involved. I would just, if you take this information back to your uh, clients, not knowing the, the path of, and I'll just use the school bus scenario not knowing what direction that that bus is going to go it is so close to county road 54 that if you were to be going north on on wire road for that school bus stop that traffic's going to be backed up all the way through that intersection and the way that those lights are in sequence one light goes the next light goes the next light goes they're not mm -hmm. dual dual paths 
um, it would be a detrimental to that entire intersection. I'm assuming the bus stops there. The, it, just a little bit further now, north on the uh, e on the west side of the road, on the west side of the road, so you'd be on the east. So uh, I'm going to guess that they're going to be going north mm -hmm. on that intersection since it's on the east, you know, unless they would have to cross. But either way, there's going to have to be a cross path. And I would invite you to just um, visit that intersection a sure. little bit to really gain what that's like. Right now it's spring break, so don't go this week. But uh, not only that, um, but we've already approved more development down there at the corner of Wire and Pretty Pond, which is significant. And that's just going to impact that traffic with kids back and forth to school. Understood. And that's a huge um, worry for, for us. That, that brings up a point. Uh, Todd, if, if the city has enough right-of-way on the east side, is that something we could, we could put a bus pull off there? On the east side, they would have to have a crosswalk to go across. But yeah, I mean, it, it can be investigated. The bus would be out we, of the we way. We can't make any yeah. promises, but, you know, Ron and I, we've made notes of these comments, and we'll certainly, once we get to the uh, construction plan, you know, site plan, construction plans, we'll, we'll investigate that. Probably have to meet with the county school bus people. And I was going to say we might be work with the school bus to have yeah, them yeah. rerouted to go yeah, south it, it, on there. Something new that we haven't tried, but I think it makes makes good sense to, as we discussed on some other projects like on Fort King, the importance of trying to keep traffic moving and buses hold them up. So yeah, we'll, we'll investigate it. Yep. So you were um, you were saying in the development that it would allow possibly for the students to come from other areas to to come to your pull off or something did you not mention that or no i was no. oh was it bad okay i was just saying that i'm assuming there's other kids in the area it would just see we provide a good place because right now there's nothing right well my yeah and my concern for that is them being able to get to your because there is no sidewalks there well that we will have sidewalk across the front of our side i mean that's required by code but I, again, I, ha I can't cure yeah. all the problems. No, no, no. The kids oh, and, are out there today, I, yeah. and they're crossing the road. What I'm saying is, I love the idea of get the bus out of the street, you know. And then if it's if it's a crosswalk that designates, you know, east to west, so the kids have a designated area to walk, that's a great idea too. This is a good start on getting some of the problems yeah, solved. No. You know, the, 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 the one thing about this area is there are not. We, we need action on this. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm here to answer any more questions and answer that question, yes. Uh, staff, as the end of your staff report, you'll see that staff is recommending approval on this. Again, with that caveat that we do have that, and Todd's going to talk more about that in a moment, the over, overarching issue of the water supply in the city, okay? And and also uh, correct and so it's a three in one application. <laughs> yeah, annexation, land use map, and uh, amendment uh, for zone rezoning. Yep. Do I hear a motion? 
We have a motion. Is there a second? I'll second. have a motion and second. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Don't sound very strong. Let's raise our hands. <laughs> All in favor, say raise your right hand. Okay. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you very much. Motion carries. If no other items on the agenda, I do need to bring up an emergency item. I don't know if the folks that are here visiting, uh, if they're here for just this item, they may not want to stay for the next item. It's kind of an emergency item we're going to bring up, but you're welcome to, to leave if you want to. <laughs> we're not going to hold you here. <laughs> we'll, give Mayor, we'll give you a minute. Yes, sir. Whatever your pleasure is, I was thinking I could provide a, a brief overview which I think kind of leads us into probably some of the remaining discussion we might have. Just so uh, I, I think, if that's okay with, with you. Oh, yes, sir, that's fine. That's okay. Fine. Um, I was just giving the folks a chance to leave if they yeah, want to leave. Yeah, absolutely. They don't have to stay. Okay, go ahead, Todd. Um, well, I think most of y'all were at the, the recent Planning Commission City Council joint workshop. Um, but I thought what we'd do is, I, I, I think it's an important enough issue that I, I wanted to bring it up, recap kind of where we're at and kind of what's happened since that workshop. Uh, you know, with all the development and building going on, uh, and, and as we start uh, tabulating our, our projects and the units and the water usage requirements, well, we, we, you know, we, we've got water capacity to service you know, what we're showing is entitlements, projects that have been through the review and approval process. But, you know, starting to get to a point where it's becoming a little bit of an issue. And uh, the common misperception is and was that you, you probably just go back to swift mud and you get an increase of water based on development coming through. And, and you know, what we're learning, uh, and we're not unique with this, I think it's, it's a challenge challenging proposition that a lot of communities in Florida what we're hearing is becoming so uh, yeah we're not alone but uh, once we've kind of realized where we're at uh, the steps we've taken is to uh, as a staff make sure that John Bostic our utilities director and his utilities consultants uh, have all the information that we have as far as developments uh, projects, what, what you know, the, the name of the project, what type of a project, the number of units. And then, you know, we know that on a, and what we're focusing on is primarily the, the residential projects. And that's, that's where we're seeing a significant amount of inquiries here as of late. So that's what we're primarily focusing our, our efforts on. And, and what we see is on, a, on average, each particular unit is going to use about 250 to 300 gallons of water per day. The other interesting fact that's come out is about 40% of that water on subdivisions or units that have irrigation for the landscape, about 40% of their water bill is for those purposes. Now, not every residential unit in Zephyr Hills uh, has an irrigation system, but you know a lot of the newer ones are having irrigation so that that that's providing an impact to our, our water use 
So, yeah, we're, we're updating that information with our consultants. The, the other thing we shared with them is when we had previously updated our, our water use permit there, we, we had identified projects and we indicated when, well, they had indicated when, when these projects would probably build out. Well, they were showing 10, 20, 30 years on build out. Well, right now we're, we're seeing a much more aggressive build out scenario than what was being shown. So big difference of building out 20, 30 years versus five and 10 years of what we're probably seeing. If I had to guess on Abbott Square out there on Simons Road, I think we were showing 10, 20 years on that, they, they, could, they could have that project done within 10 years, probably even quicker. The, the way how, how, how uh, these uh, Lennar, D.R. Horton, how, how quickly they can put up a home. So, yeah, we're, we're making sure we update all that information to our consultants. Now that the, the, the information is updated, we're going to, our consultants are scheduling a meeting with Swift Mud. We're going to go talk with them, communicate with what we're experiencing, and, and con confirm some things. I won't go into all the details. It gets pretty complicated and complex, but we're kind of generating a list of questions that, that come about while we're having these meetings discussions so um, just as a, as a re, real recap overview we have a water use permit with swift mud that dictates how much water we're able to pump and that that's through the year 2040 so we got a ways to get there but through 2040 um, we're we're authorized to pump a little under a little over three point 309,000 gallons of water per day. So that's the max we can pump. As of 2021, we're using a little under 2.504,000 gallons per day. So that's what we're using on an average daily basis. So what that leaves us left, remaining capacity, is a little over 804,000 gallons of water a day. Sounds like a lot, right? Um, however, when we take the projects for entitlements that we've gotten some level of approval, and we're talking about what, what constitutes an entitlement, we're going to confirm that with Swift Mud too, because there's probably a little difference there in the definition of that. But I won't get into all that. But we, what we have with those entitlement developments are about six, a little over 630,000 gallons of water today. So you take that with what we have left, we're a little under 175,000 gallons of water per day. Now that, that's a lot of projects, a lot of development that, that's not going to, you know, I mean, sometimes we approve things and it, we had a phase in Majestic Oaks that was done 10 years ago and they still haven't built out. So that, that, that's kind of a best case scenario of everything building out. So we, we do have some wiggle room there, but you know, the amount of, that's residential only. That that's a caveat I was going to throw out there because, uh, and that's where most of our development is occurring is in the residential. But we do have some industrial, we do have some commercial, some office professional, and we'll probably look at that as well. Um, and, and then, meanwhile, we have a, the planning department and utilities department continue to get all these inquiries about new development, 
And some of it's very conceptual, some of it's way out there, some of it they're probably pretty interested. Some of that's in the city boundary limits, some of it's just outside but within our JPA or joint planning area. Some of it's within the existing utility service area boundary. Some of it goes all the way out to US 98. So it, it's a broad range. So um, what we've uh, tasked ourselves with as a staff, just so you guys know, we're trying to be very proactive uh, with the planning department, the utilities department, administration, our consultants, and Swift Mud is to go ahead and get that meeting scheduled with Swift Mud and, and talk about where we're at and see what they have to say. And, uh, and then, of course, once we know for sure where we stand with them, then we can uh, get back together collectively and talk about next steps and what the process is going to entail. But I think there's some other things that we can do in the meanwhile, too, is uh, look at our policies and standards that, that deal with water. We're, of course, trying to continue to increase, um, you know, the reclaimed water opportunities, the purple lines you sometimes see being built in the city. So we, we want to continue our maximization, the prioritization of, uh, of uh, the reclaimed water. You know, and just talking with our consultants about other communities, cities in Florida, we're not alone. So I'm sure there's some alternatives and ideas out there. Um, and, and then you have like development strategies, uh, standards, regulations. Again, going back to these yards. I don't know. I, I got a Bahia lawn in the front. It's not irrigated. Usually looks pretty good. Um, but a lot of these St. Augustine grasses, again, are, are taking a lot of water. 40 up to 50 percent sometimes of a, of a person's water bill. Beth? Could I ask Todd, could you restrict that? And if you could restrict that to homeowners, would that be enough to save a significant amount? Well, it'd be a factor. You know, again, on those lots of, of now generally, that's what our consultant said. And we, you know, if you, the reality is if you live in a high end neighborhood, you're probably probably towards 50% in Zephyr Hills, probably not quite as high end. Maybe you're not using quite as much water as someone that has the plush lawn that they're really trying to aggressively keep keep nice looking. But, but yeah, I, I, and that's something we, we probably will investigate a little bit more so we got some better data on that. But, but yeah, we, I think we're, we're going to have to open up the toolbox and really get creative and uh, well, I know in other locations during droughts they restrict yeah and irrigation city and Pasco County has had drought restrictions as well that limit the days that you can water right yeah we only have like two days a week or something but in our neighborhood Bethann we'll get a letter like if our, when our starts to look unpresentable to whoever's on the board, you'll get a letter that, and they'll give you so many days to where, like if it's dead in a certain area or if there's weeds that we have to have it replaced or they'll start fining us. I don't know if they'll ever do that, but I mean, it's been done to several of my other neighbors. So yeah, I, th I think we're going to have to get creative. We're, we're going to have to work with our development community, and, and and they might have to work with us. It it might be expensive to get water, and 
but but maybe it's certain growth and development probably going to have to pay a, a higher rate and it I, I got a feeling we're in the Hillsborough River Basin so we're restricted that, that that's why we were in a quagmire more so than other locations that aren't in a restricted we're in the Hillsborough River Basin so we got to provide all that water to Hillsborough Tampa and you know so you know, it is what it is. We're going to have to deal with it. And uh, depending on what we hear back from uh, Swift Mud, it, it might have a big impact. We're updating our city comprehensive plan right now, as you all know, working with Tammy Verana, and it, it might have a, a it may play a factor and a role in where and how we look at providing for future growth and development. Because generally in your comprehensive plan, future land use element, you talk about things like that. Well, you project your population to the future, what it's going to be in the next year, where we're updating our comp plan to 2035, and we're going to show projected population, and where is that growth going to go? Well, we might be looking at maybe altering our land use decisions and policies based on this water. Um, you know, I think the priority is we, of course, got to take care of uh, our, our city first, um, as a higher priority than areas out in the JPA, out in the beyond the JPA and outside even the existing utility service area, it's going to come down to that where we're going to have to make some decisions. Uh, maybe a higher priority is placed on industrial development or non-residential office professional. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that that's, that's what we're promoting, but we're going to have to look at all that, and and that'll be, of course, dependent on kind of what we hear back from Swift Mud. But it is something um, Zephyr Hills and, and many other locations in Florida are dealing with, especially the coastal counties, from what we hear in dealing with this. So I, I wanted to, uh, you know, I, I made the we made this presentation to City Council, looking for a little guidance and direction. Um, they, they were hesitant to, like, use the M word moratorium. Um, that wasn't done. Uh, I think they're waiting for us. We told them we're going to uh, get that meeting with Swift Mud and then come back. And then I think we'll regroup and collectively uh, look at where we're at and uh, see how it looks and then uh, make some decisions. So uh, right now, um, you know, there, there hasn't been a decision made to stop petitions and so we'll continue to review them but I think we'll, we'll be doing things a little differently letting people know where we're at with the water and I think we'll continue a running tally of where we're at with the water every project that comes through this is where we're at if you all approve this this is the result that we're going to have with the water and I have one more thing I don't know if you thought about it but you know the hospital is going to expand well, I've heard that rumor for a long time. Yeah, it's, I don't know when. It's, I well, seen we, a were plan talk, yet, we were just talking about it this past week about the expansion of the hospital because they are at full capacity, Dade City. They're they're um, really pushing for the expansion of that. Well, hospital. and that makes good sense. I mean, we want to promote the industrial corridor. We're placing an emphasis on that. Our form-based code. We want to allow development and redevelopment. All in these areas where we already have services makes a lot of sense as opposed to going out to wherever where we don't have services uh, a lot, well, a lot and there's of smart the, all the new hospitals going over in Wesley Chapel so they're seeing the demand and all the growth here uh, so they're seeing the demand that they have to do something here in Zephyr Hills 
Yeah, I, I just wanted to share. I think it's very a very important element and issue that we're dealing with for a lot of different reasons, and just want to make sure you guys are kept up to speed and in the loop on that. And we're going to try to look at it more carefully, closely as we meet with the development community. Uh, we're going to hit up our staff, our department heads. You guys got to look at this, not just the water, but for new development, uh, police, uh, sanitation. Um, going to take it all very seriously. So, the joint planning area is the JPA. The, the city has a designation, designated boundary around the city that the city entered into an interlocal agreement between us and Pasco County that we agreed to that boundary line. And we, we still coordinate the projects that are within the JPA. And uh, if it's not a higher density, they, they, they aren't not going to object. But uh, if it is a higher density, then they formally review it. But yeah, it's an interlocal agreement with them where our staff, their staff are reviewing stuff. You know, those are questions we want to get confirmed with Swift Mud because we we heard today it pretty complicated, but a formula and how they Swift Mud annually looks at at uh, properties and they got formulas. Uh, we present them with the projects and they got a, a methodology and how they lo look at the. Uh, the Florida populations based on the University of Florida's estimates and and there, so there's a formula but we're we're kind of suspect that we don't know if everything's being accurately recorded and reported so we're staff we're working with their consultants to make sure we have everything correct and then go have that meeting with Swift Mud. That's it right now. Uh, we have an emergency item we need to add to the agenda. It's not on your folks' agenda. agenda. Um, Kevin uh, would like to rescind his vote uh, from the last meeting on, uh, that we had regarding the conditional use um, uh, locations on uh, Fort King and on uh, Wire Road. And uh, so uh, I think to be able to do that, we have to have uh, Kevin make a motion to rescind his vote get a second on it uh, and then we will have to take a vote we'll have our discussion about it and then we'll take a vote uh, whether uh, we want uh, to let him rescind his vote if, I, if I'm doing that right Todd, that, that is correct and hey it was new for me too what I did is I want to make sure we got it you guys correctly so we got with the city attorney and it is as the mayor just indicated uh, anyone can make a motion to, to rescind. A vote is taken. Uh, Four-fifths of the Planning Commission would have to agree to do so. And Which Rodney and I were using our calculators that uh, it would require five out of the six to meet the four-fifths vote requirement that has to be. So, um, Evan, if, if you want to make the motion uh, that you want to rescind your vote, 
and then we will get a second, and then we'll have discussion. You can explain whatever you want to. I, so um, we don't have the sixth person here because Christian's not here. No, there are six planning commission members here. Uh, the mayor is a voting voting member. Um, I will ask if, since they were separate items, to do them separately. Yes, we should, I'd like to do them separately. Thank you. Oh, um, okay. So. You want to do the wire road one first, well, or does it matter? If I could, if I could just give me a couple of minutes for the reason for this. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can do. Okay, so basically, when we left our meeting the last time, okay, I, I didn't feel good with what we decided. You know, with my own heart and everything. I've been hearing different things about the water restrictions we're having, and we all know where I'm at with the roads and what we need to do. We had asked.
something I, trust me, I didn't sleep that night, and I was I was on my way to city council last night. They had tabled it before I got phone call. Yeah, and I, I do want to bring up one point that um, the question did come up about the density and the height and, uh, you know, of course the whole water has been a topic of discussion and, and uh, the applicant's attorney representative asked the, the city attorney and his opinion was that, uh, well, we're not really reviewing a plan, we're not reviewing the uh, the amount of water it's being used, but we're really looking at the height specifically for the conditional use. So, um, you know, we, we asked the city attorney about that, and he did bring that up, that the conditional use per the code, what we're requiring is uh, to, to look at the height and the, the water wouldn't be included in that discussion. Now, again, what was talked about was conditions, and Mr. Hobby was informing us that w the council couldn't impose conditions on it, but then I did go back and check, and our, under our conditional use, it does allow the ability for city council to, to add conditions. So a as a staff, uh, I had a meeting with a council member. Um, you know, we've talked about some conditions for both of those projects, should they be approved. Um, and they kind of deal with what, what's been brought up tonight with uh, turn lanes, um, you know, working on the intersections at Fort King and Island, pretty pond and wire. Um, now, of course, those are county-owned maintained roads, so it'll take some effort by the city to, to explain to them, 
you know, uh, the other thing I've, I've done is I've talked with Christopher Hatton with Kimley Horn. He says there are locations in Hillsborough County where they, they, they by, bypass, even if a, a warrant analysis isn't required, they have in their code a certain threshold. If you meet that threshold, you're putting the turn lanes in um, for an operational purposes of safety. So I wanted to bring that up that, uh, you know, traffic is a viable issue. And um, I, I know that's also been brought up and we're, we're looking at the ways to improve traffic and we feel like we can, can uh, address that, you know, it, Wire Road, pretty pond. You, we got two entrances, have turn lanes coming in, going out on both entrances, and and uh, have them look at the intersection. And and I did confirm uh, at our department head meeting today, just knowing that these issues were coming up. I asked the city attorney and and city manager for guidance. He says, "Yeah, let, let's put them in there." Um, Audrey's the lead planner on that. We've talked about it as well, and we, we do believe we've got to talk with Matt. You know, some of this is a little bit new, but that, that's what we feel like we, we can add conditions like we've talked about tonight, but then we, we want to make sure from a legality standpoint we're not uh, crossing any bridges we can't. So we're going to meet with him, talk with him about some of these, these conditions if they, are, if they were to go forward. Well, and Kevin, thank you for that because I was uh, just as concerned and I, and matter of fact, I brought it up during the meeting and Craig, you made the point that it's their property. They're just, all we're doing is approving the conditional use. And so that's what we had to vote on. And my concern was, and I addressed this with city council was that's a slippery slope. If you approve this stage and then you go to the next stage and you're only approving that stage, the next thing you know, you've got this big project and all you did was approve stages. So if you're approving a specific stage based upon the information you have and not the complete picture, that's very dangerous. We're, we're in very dangerous territory. And not knowing if you can rescind your vote or whatever, but I was you know, just as torn up inside thinking, you know, I just don't know that I'm making the right decision about this because I'm making this decision based upon the fact that I was only doing the conditional use. And Craig says, well, we, you know, we can't turn down what they want to do with their own property. So My understanding still is they, they're allowed 20 units per acre regardless of the height. So the traffic, everything that's that, that you're addressing or you're asking about is still there. We've already made that decision long ago. <clears throat> Correct, without the conditional use. That's my question, because can we do that? I mean, can... So we can require a turn lane or even though it's not warranted or not there for a safety because you're you're kind of like taking something that a traffic engineer and saying okay you're going to do this my as an engineer i'm here for the public safety and do things i've got an oath or whatever that now we're circumventing that and that's kind of wrong well and uh, again i'm i'm confirming with christopher hatton but he says there's places that do it so we're under the again and i got a note 
here to follow up with Christopher because I haven't heard back, but it's in Hillsborough County. I know That's he told me. And there's certain things you do. You can do that warrant study. They can do safety studies. But we as a board, we're not experts on traffic. Well, well you not, know, we're I'm not. not we're not. But what we are experts on is that civil engineer did not know anything about the other development at the end of Pretty Pond and Wire. That's well, our job. It's to like know that that development's Somerset. Going on. That that project needed a, a turn lane, and I argued with the county and on multiple occasions, and they say, "Yeah, the warrant doesn't require it." Well, uh, you, you know, it, it's all on how, you know this, Craig. It's all on how you do the traffic study and where you're showing your trip dispersions, and we know traffic gets backed up on, on Fort King Road towards Island, needs to have a turn lane, you know, so, and then we have the issue again of, I, I don't know if that project was de minimis or not, but that's something else we need to look at, but even if it's de minimis, we're still required to look at turn lanes and things like that, the operational improvements, but. So we're, we're, we're trying to look into that, but yeah, I, I'm going to get some clarification on, on that. And, and I'm not saying, uh, it, let's just say, uh, yeah, we know Wire Road, Pretty Pond needs to be improved as well. And I'm not suggesting that they have to, you know, we'll have to negotiate that out. It may, you know, do the, do the roundabout there. Because turn lanes, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, that's not just something we can say. I mean, because there's a link to that. There's a queue link. There's a whole lot that goes into that that we don't do. I mean... I, I understand, but I, I also understand where there are turn lanes in the upper hills now, okay, the roads are a lot more free than where they're not. Right? And when you end up with, you're going to say that we're going to have 800 people at one project and we're going to have 1,000 here or we're going to have whatever it ends up being, you know, there, there's got to be a number where I don't know how they could come up to the figure that there's not enough people to have turn lanes. I will we're say. Well, and as a staff too, Craig, what we've talked about, I, I think it's dependent upon staff where if we know of certain traffic conditions uh, to talk to whoever's preparing that traffic methodology and signing off on it for the study that that they're aware of these, those existing conditions. And I don't know if that'll make a difference, but, but you That's know. It's really a code problem because I know Polk County does their code a little different. There's a trip ADT, I mean ADT. Whatever it is, you need a right turn lane. Whatever it is, you need a left turn lane. There's none of this. I mean, and there's th other things that go into turn lanes too. I mean, there's delay. There's other things that go into uh, yeah. it. But so, yeah, so we're 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 looking into that. And your de minimis thing is is a problem, which is too too high. It's too high. Yeah, I I agree. That's why I was I asking him today. I mean, if he had to go to the county, I'm assuming the county is still going to make them do a traffic study, a substandard road analysis, anything like that that would go along with it. But yeah, most likely they will. Mm -hmm. Is my understanding. So yeah, even if you're de minimis here, they're going to have to get that kind of right away use permit, substandard road analysis. And well, and I'd like to say one thing too. You know, we staff too have talked about trying to get the city attorney at these meetings too, because there are questions that we don't always know the answer to. Um, well, and the one thing that you guys are true.
Anyway, uh, so let me, are you okay with the density? Are you okay with the height? Your issue I, is I don't have a. Pro I, I'm not. A, I'm not opposed to the height. Okay. No, go ahead. And the one thing that we have the ability to do now is if someone's going to ask for conditional use, all right, so they can increase the density to what it's supposed to be, we can say no. And I'd like to touch on that for a minute. So something that we discussed um, last night as, as well is that the density doesn't always equate to the height in all circumstances. In some circumstances it may, on other projects it may not. So if you talk about the project up on Fort King Road, and this is, you know, unfortunately something I didn't look into or have available for you at the last planning commission meeting, and I apologize for that. They had initially submitted um, back in 2020 site development plans for townhomes on that site, two-story townhomes, and they had 161 units on site. Um, and then what they're proposing at this point is four stories at 144. Um, so their density is actually lower than, you know, what they could do maxed out tomorrow based off of current, current standards. So I just want to make that information available and clear that it is not always a direct correlation that if you're going taller that you're increasing density. Um, the density is set by the zoning district. Um, and then with your, your future land use, you have a density threshold. So for um, RU, um, residential urban, your threshold is 7.5 to 20. So you have to be within that somewhere. And then your zoning district is where your maximum comes in 
into play and sets that. This is what you're allowed. Do they reach it in all instances? No. In some ins instances, they, you know, they may. Um, but height does not always, in every single circumstance, directly um, mean an increase. And I'm not against that. Okay, I think some of those enforcement devices do make them very nice. It's not that. Yeah. That's, that's my point I was trying to bring up a while ago, is when I ask you what, what, what's the problem with, with it that you, know, that you want to have fixed? And is that something we can, we can put some conditional uses on? Can we do an amendment tonight? Yeah, for, for you can recommend that, conditions. I, I'm still going to go against the one off the wire road. On wire road. The wire road, the one that's on the corner of wire road. Pretty fine. Pretty fine. Yeah, I mean, like Audrey said, and she's 100% correct, uh, on, on the Fort King, I think we're at between 13 and 14 units per acre, right? Um, we're at 13 and a half um, with what is current, currently proposed, yes. So with that, you know, the question has come up, well, what's to say that they won't come back and do more density? Well, we have a solution for that. We did it on the trotters. We, well, we haven't done it. We will do it. But you haven't put, we could have them put a conservation easement on it. Now, the developer, civil engineer that was here says, yeah, well, we're not going to build on the remaining land, but we could control that. It's a little bit unusual, but we're doing it on trotters the same way, where place a conservation easement, then we're assured that there's not going to be any additional development. But, but yeah, so that, you know, that, you know, particularly on that one, you know, we, we did feel comfortable with uh, the density, the number of units, and there's more open space that's, that's provided and it's sort of compatible with that four-story that, that's already there. And, uh, I mean, when I drive by that one, it, it doesn't look out of place or out of character or incompatible. You know, we have uh, policies in our comprehensive plan that talk about compatibility. So we, we try to look at that. And, and, and with this one here, too, I, I mean, they kept the development. Nick, Nick's uh, apartments, again, on Fort King, they've kept the development away from the, the mobile homes, uh, that whole northwest area's retention. So the, the, the density, the four stories, is kind of next to the existing four-story units. Um, yeah, I, I mean, on Pretty Pond Wire Road, they are maxing out the density. It's a fact. Um, you know, um, so it's, it's a little bit different in that matter on, on the density. They're, they're not exceeding the density, but they are maxing, maximizing their density by going to a fourth floor, that's correct. So my, my decision of what I'm Okay. If we all voted I think we're clear on what you want to do. That's right. Oh, okay. Mr. Okay. Armstrong, do we revote, or we just we're voting to let him off? No. What what <laughs> what's happening is he's made a motion to rescind the vote that yes. the planning commission took 
at the last planning commission meet, meeting and then, for approval. Okay. Of, again, we should the separate them out. Or rescind his vote. Rescind rescinding his, the planning I commission can, I vote. Can ask to rescind your vote. Well, no, he's, he's, he's made a motion, but then the rest of the planning commission need to, to make a motion. To vote it's again. Okay. To vote. Oh, they need to vote on his motion. Yes. Yeah, okay. to, but that we, he's okay. That and it needs to be five out of the six to rescind the vote. Okay, we, just his vote. Rescind you're the saying entire rescind. planning commission vote. Whatever you whatever comes out of this, we will bring back to the city council at the next oh. meeting. Okay. So, we're rescinding all of our votes. No, 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 no. That's what he just said. Yeah, that's what yeah. he just said. I thought we were just the, voting. The vote to is to rescind seven. the planning commission vote. Correct. Because we didn't have enough to pass it. Is that correct? No. 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 Because Christian was here. I thought we were voting to allow Kevin to rescind he was his, rescinding vote. his vote. With no, if Kevin wanted to do that, he could go to City Council the next meeting and say, I'm rescinding my vote. Oh, well, that, then that's Mr. the other thing that Matt well, that said that he, he could do. Yeah, that's, and then Mr. Armstrong wasn't even here for the whole. State your name and address, Billy Poe, 5335 8th Street. Um, so I think the cleanest way to do it, if, is. I know that you and I've spoken, Mr. Barr, is for you to approach council at the next 28th. Is it the 28th that the meeting will be? So the meeting that the resolution is on is on the 28th, and you address council. That's the cleanest way uh, to do it. There is a way to to have a take a vote, open it back up, have the discussion, and you can re-vote. It's a lot messier. Correct. However, but mine was the same as Kevin's that, that you're night. Welcome, you're welcome to go with me. See, I couldn't call anybody here and tell them that I was planning on going to city Because Council. I was voting on something else Correct. I thought it was. I, what we were told that night was that I was voting for conditional use only, not the whole thing. So I didn't have all the information that we have now as well. Y yes. <clears throat> so so you, can, you also can attend the council That's meeting. That's what we and, need to do. Speak. Yes. Gotcha. What I will say, okay. what we did learn last night as a staff, is that on the conditional use, you are voting, or the council will be voting on the conditional use, which is the variance of the height, the, the height condition. It's not based on water. It's not based on transportation. It's based on the height. That is what the vote is on. Okay. Well, the question yeah, it's came not up, based on the density. Which is what we voted not, on. Yes. Right, which is what but, you voted on. But, but, but then again, we just said we could add again, conditions. We, we have found out now that we can put stipulations on conditions, on conditions on this. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not speaking to that. I'm just so, speaking to so the. So that's when I go in there and speak to them. I'm definitely going to. I'm just. I'm definitely going to let them know. Right. If you do allow this, you need to put. If they're going to come to you, you need to go ahead. And, and we're proposing those conditions. They will we, be on the resolution. Well, we've already passed it, and it's going to council, right? All right? Why don't you amend it tonight that you want to do, put some conditional uses on it, and still let it go to council? Well, do we all need to be the, there? Because, yeah. the, because the applicant can be here to agree to the conditions or not. Well, we're They're not here to address it. Conditions with the applicant prior to the I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, yeah. I'm very uncomfortable with adding conditions like turn lanes and stuff. I'm a professional engineer. I don't think I could sit on this board. 
if we're going to do that. Because you're opening me up to liability that we, as a professional I, engineer. I, I, I thought, I no, I'm saying if that's where this board is going, I can't sit on this board. The attorney okay. said we could Understood. do it. Understood. Yeah. And, and again, we're, we're investigating this. As I said earlier, we're going to check with Matt about these conditions and make sure legally we're, we're good to do so. And, and then we're changing the code to do what other places are doing to require the churn lanes. Because I'm just concerned. I mean, I was an engineer. I'm a professional engineer. If I'm making recommendations that affect engineering, then my license is, is involved in that. So then if a landscape architect's on the board, could they not, could we not increase the landscape buffer requirement you as could, well? But it doesn't affect public safety because if I do something with a turn lane and somebody gets hurt, I could get sued. If a plant gets out of, I mean, I guess if somebody plants a poisonous plant, but. Sorry, I didn't know. Actually, I'll do it, no, I, 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 <laughs> no, I'm just saying in general. I apologize to everybody for your time and for everything else. I, I just want to let you know this is not anything that I'm trying to just be a fan okay? I, I, I just did not feel comfortable after speaking to different council people that we've had. Some of them do not feel comfortable with it either. And, and I just think that now is the time for us to ask more questions of what have we done in the past. I can tell you I appreciate that because I thought that there's been several times in the years that I never thought that I could rescind my vote. And I guess that's my fault for never asking. And I have no problem going to council and doing it, you know, at the next meeting. I, th I think Billy's suggestion is probably the cleanest way, like he said. We won't make a decision on it tonight. Billy can, uh, he can come, uh, Kevin can come and rescind his before the council. He won't be rescinding the vote for all of this nope not if you don't, don't and it'll vote still on be that. up to the council Correct. to accept the recommendation of, of it or not what we pass Does that sound right Does that sound clear Dave you started to have a question earlier mud. you yeah. started to have a question earlier oh you got it answered the, Wish, I, I will say that the meeting that we had the other night with council all right We'll do it again. I, I, yeah. I have, and these guys are way tired of Kevin Barr these last two weeks. I can tell you that right now. Okay. But I don't know. I, I thank you, and I, I just think it's, you know, if I'm going to sit here and try to help make decisions for the city, I needed to have more information. Right, so. We don't want to put you. And in we're the asked to be good either, stewards so. of this community well, to do. So I so. don't know. I mean, that's. Like I said, so for the lack of a second, the motion yeah, fell. No, not in this in general, record. but I mean, if we're going to start adding conditions that. Okay. I don't know. All right. Think about it. We done? Yeah. We're done. Maybe I got to abstain. Unless I don't you know. y'all have any questions. Okay. Meeting adjourned. Thank you, you, want you guys. Chat, we much. can chat, but.